Hello, and welcome to Sparkle Tech and another slice of San Francisco history. Have you ever found out that a story that you've been telling for years suddenly turns out not to be true at all? Well, that's what happened to me today. I wanted to tell you guys the story of the origin of Levi's blue jeans, which were, as we all know in San Francisco, invented right here. I spent a little time on the internet today and and did a little fact-checking. I just wanted to confirm a couple of dates, but what I discovered was that the story that we all know is not quite right. I've told this story a hundred times. In fact, I just told it to my little nephew on the telephone the other night because he got a pair of Levi's for his birthday. So I told him the story of how Levi Strauss had invented blue jeans, and he was fascinated. Oops, going to have to set the record straight on SparkleTag. What I'm going to do is first tell you the story that I have been telling all these years, and then I'll tell you the real story. Levi Strauss, who was a German Jew from a small Bavarian town called Buttenheim, showed up in San Francisco shortly after the start of the gold rush in 1853 with loads and loads of heavy canvas tenting fabric. He was a dry goods salesman, and he had heard, or he thought, that uh, there was going to be a huge demand for tents out here in the Wild West because, of course, there weren't enough hotels and houses built. Uh, thousands of people showing up mining for gold were going to need something to put over their heads, right? Seemed like a good plan. But when he showed up, apparently there was enough housing and he couldn't unload all of this fabric. One day, a miner showed up at his doorstep and was complaining about the fact that the, the thin cotton pants that he wore out on the gold mine were getting worn out really quickly, that the heavy chunks of gold in the pockets were tearing the pockets out, that the knees were ripping out, that these things weren't lasting well at all. And please, could could Mr. Strauss make something a little more sturdy? And Levi had a flash of inspiration. He could turn this heavy canvas tent fabric into tough pants for the gold miners. He made a pair of pants for this miner, had the idea of riveting the pockets so that they wouldn't be torn out by all those giant chunks of gold. This miner wore his pants proudly. Other miners saw those pants, and soon a trail was beaten to young Levi's door, and the rest is history. Anyway, that's the way I heard it. However, it turns out that that's not the way it happened at all. So now, the real story. The real story goes something like this. Levi came out west in order to open up a San Francisco branch of his brother's New York dry goods company. He sold plenty of tenting fabric, plenty of that heavy canvas, but he didn't actually make jeans, pants, or really any kind of clothing there. He just sold the raw materials. And one of his best customers was a tailor who lived in Reno, Nevada. And this guy is the key to the story. This tailor was another German Jew who went by the name of Jacob W. Davis. His main business was making Conestoga wagon covers and tents for the miners who passed through Reno on the way to the coast or or to the silver mines in Nevada. But one fine day in 1871, a woman showed up at his shop with a special request. Her husband was a giant of a man, a big fat guy from what I can tell, and uh, she needed a pair of heavy work pants for him. He couldn't wear anything that was made in a store. Jacob immediately thought of the heavy canvas fabric that he bought from Mr. Strauss in San Francisco and agreed to take the job. When they were done, he just happened to glance around the shop and noticed a pile of copper rivets sitting on the table. These rivets were normally used to attach straps to horse blankets, but 
it just struck him that it would be a good idea to rivet the pockets to make them extra strong. And that's what he did. Jacob Davis had just made the first pair of jeans. Word spread quickly, and when other people around Reno saw these pants, they started selling like wildfire. They became so popular, in fact, that Davis started to get worried that people were going to steal his idea, and that's where Strauss comes in. Davis already had a relationship with Strauss because he was the supplier of his fabric, and uh, he knew that he ran a successful business in San Francisco. So he wrote Levi Strauss a letter asking him to go into business together and to take out a patent on this new riveting process. Levi was no fool, accepted the offer, and in 1873, a patent was taken out, and jeans as we know them, Levi's as we know them, I should say, came into being. And that's the real story. Jacob Davis went into partnership with Levi Strauss. Jacob was the brains. Levi was the money. Davis went on to run the manufacturing plant for Levi's until the end of his life. His family still lives in the Bay Area, and they, in fact, own and operate another jeans company called Ben Davis. So if you see that name, now you'll know the secret connection to Levi's. Okay, so I had it slightly wrong the first time, but it's still a legitimate gold rush West Coast San Francisco story. So I like it. Let's see, what else? The, uh, the heavy canvas fabric was abandoned when the miners started to complain about how heavy and scratchy it was, pretty uncomfortable, and they switched to a fabric called Serge, which was made in Nîmes, France, and called Serge de Nîmes. De Nîmes, denim. That's where the word denim comes from, in fact. That blue indigo dye was invented, I guess, roughly around the same time, so what had been white or brown suddenly became blue. These pants were originally called waist overalls, and I've heard that uh, old Levi hated the name jeans and referred to them as waist overalls until the end of his days. The design of the pants has remained essentially the same for, for years and years, with one very notable exception. Apparently, in 1941, the, the president of the company, Walter Haas, was... Uh, <laughs> was uh, out on the range at a campfire, crouched down next to the fire, and in those days, there was a copper rivet right at the crotch. And when you stand in front of a fire, that copper's a pretty good heat conductor. And he had, hmm, he had kind of an exciting experience, <laughs> which caused him to rush back to the factory and eliminate that rivet on every subsequent pair of 501 blue jeans. Levi's headquarters is still in San Francisco, even though they have, of course, shipped most of, in fact, I think all of the manufacturing overseas now. The original headquarters is still standing. I believe they still own it. Um, it's actually in my neighborhood, although I rarely walk by there anymore. Well, I should because one of the best pizza places in the city is right next door, Pauline's Pizza, right across the alley. Very good pizza. They grow their own herbs in a little rooftop garden. And next time you're in San Francisco, you should definitely have a slice. Treat yourself. If you happen to be in Germany instead, in Bavaria, you can visit the Levi Strauss Museum in Buttenheim. And I'll put a link to that as well as to the Levi's website on my website, sparkletack.com. So that's my story for today. If you have any comments about... Uh, fashion styles in the wild west and how they went on to sweep the globe 
Or really, if you have comments about anything at all, send me an email at sparkletack at gmail.com or leave a comment on my webpage. Look forward to hearing from you. Till next time. <laughs>